everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is a show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes 11 and 12 of Worst of Evil, which that's the final episodes. That's it. We did it after your long wait. Thank you for your patience. Sorry we couldn't watch them last week. You can blame Hulu. We're here. We did it. We finally finished The Worst of Evil. I am so proud of us for getting here. I'm so glad to be here at the end of The Worst of Evil. (laughs) It was not our show. It was not for me. The thing is, is that I thought maybe there would be some kind of turnaround at the end that made it feel like my show, which is to say like, I, you know, we put a lot into this. It had both of our favorite actors. It had so much that, uh, that did feel like it should be our show that maybe like, maybe in those last two episodes, it would really turn around. Uh, but the thing about this is that it got worse. <laughs> <laughs> it got so much worse. The thing about me is I'm a simpleton. Like I like the Fast and the Furious franchise. I love Marvel's. I like the Marvel franchise, everything about those types of movies that are very simple, like there's the setup, there's obstacles, there's the climax, there's a happy resolution. Pretty much everyone walks away fine. Maybe there are some losses, we shed some tears. But at the end of the day, your main character is usually pretty unscathed. And that's not what the worst of evil was at all. And that's on me for not knowing. Yeah, the thing about the worst of evil, I I actually enjoy the fact that um, currently everything that we've said, we've prefaced with the thing about um, (laughs) the thing about the worst of evil, the thing about me. The thing about the worst of evil also is that like no one really grows as a character. Uh, It's not like we learned like a lesson along the way or went on a great journey that um we we really learned something here you know it wasn't like the and the true worst of evil was the <laughs> friends we didn't make along the way <laughs> it was the cops we we met along the way <laughs> uh i guess there was that lesson in particular but um it just i think that the the really got me with the last two episodes and just the ending and how it all shook out was that it felt all felt so fruitless. Like there was just nothing that really ended up okay, really. I guess they achieved their goal. Like they took down the drugs, (laughs) the drug people (laughs) in all of the East Asian countries. Yeah, but that all like... This is so pessimistic of me to say, but that always feels like a, for now, Yeah, they took down the current operation. Yeah, it's not like it was, and then they ended drug trade in Korea, China, and Japan. There's no more meth. They've solved it. World (laughs) Meth is done. (laughs) Meth is gone forever. Um, Yeah, so it's like the only thing they accomplished was the very most temporary thing. No one was happy in their interpersonal relationships. No one really lived. (laughs) 
Like, the people who are quote-unquote alive at this point are shells of who they were (laughs) before they started. Yeah, like, Park Jimmo's quote-unquote character growth is just him becoming broken as a human being and not being able to survive anymore. Like, (laughs) yep, what? Yeah, and same with Kichol. Like, Kichol's whole thing was that he got to the end and realized that Every single person he had ever trusted or loved was never telling him the truth, and he couldn't trust anyone, and he couldn't live in the in a world where there was no one he had, not a single person. So, oh my god! So like, <laughs> and we Jung, we Jung just has to like be around. She just her ending is just kind of that she's there. Yeah, with her sad husband who's maybe going to leave her. Yeah, because she was upset to see a person that, I don't know, I guess like maybe I had the wrong read of the whole situation the whole time. But she, so he, Junmo shoots him and she panics and that's kind of like his breaking point where he's like, well, obviously you care about him. And it's kind of like, Here's the thing. I'm not saying that she did and I'm not saying that she didn't. I think that independently of like her feelings for him, it's pretty okay that she was distressed to watch anyone in the situation that they were in get shot. Um, He made the right call like to try and take him down before he could shoot himself in the head. But like for him to kind of be like, oh, that's the like final nail in the coffin of like how I think her feelings are playing out for him or whatever. I don't know. It just felt Ah. like he was like, you are in love with him because of your reaction to this moment or whatever. Um, Wow. I didn't get that read at all. Yeah. I, maybe I had the wrong read, but I just felt like obviously like there were, their relationship probably went through too much independently of that moment for them to really get back to where they were. But it just felt like that was the moment that truly ended their relationship was like Gijol like trying to unalive himself in front of them and then Junmo having to be the person who killed him. That's fair. And I just felt like there was so much that he read into um, her feelings without talking to her about it for so long. Wow. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't get that impression. I think, like you said, there was so many other factors like... My impression was that by the end, both of them were in love with Gichol in like yeah. very different ways, obviously. But him having to kill Gichol when he was like, you could have just gone away. That's all I wanted for you is to live your quote unquote normal life because I love you. I just want you to be gone. And Gichol coming back was like so shocking and so upsetting and him having to kill Gichol was so upsetting that all of that was more of a tipping point in and of itself separate from the relationship with Weijong. But I don't know, I just, I think based on the last few episodes, any interaction between Junmo and Weijong was so cold and so different that it was like, they're barely together anymore anyways. I don't yeah. know if there was a tipping point or if it was just this slow fade out while he's undercover and yeah. he's falling in love with Miss Lee and she's falling in love with Gichol, but not in a way that that 
in and of itself would have ruined their relationship. Like, their other relationships felt separate enough that if they had been strong enough as a couple, they could have come back from that. But it was everything else all mixed in that ruined them. It sucks because I think there was a part of me that started the show wanting to root for them. And actually, like, this conversation in and of itself even has me kind of questioning why I rooted for Weijong and Junmo ever, other than the fact that, like, I wanted them to be happy. But I feel like maybe their relationship wasn't even that great to begin with, right? Because it's like, she was always kind of trying to be like, hey, you don't have to be like more. I, I'm i happy with our relationship. I love you. And he was always like kind of feeling not accepted by her family and like, like he couldn't get out from under like the burden of his dad's decisions. And um, I don't know. It, I guess maybe it just like, it feels like even if the love was there, it probably wasn't that great of a relationship. But then, like, we saw how much he loved her, and so it was like, I I wanted to root for them because he loves her a lot, and he loved her mom a lot, and he, I don't know, (laughs) was so sad all the time that it was like, maybe if he can just get out from under this, and he can get on the other side of this investigation or whatever, they can be happy together, and it will be a good relationship because he does love her a lot. But outside of that, it does not seem like it was a remotely happy relationship, like, it, from the beginning, it probably couldn't have withstood the pressure cracks of an undercover investigation. <laughs> That's fair. I think when you started talking, I was like, no, they had a great relationship because we get so many flashbacks from her perspective, especially of the innocence of their relationship and especially Park Junmo's innocence as a young cop who's falling in love with just his partner and... I think a lot of that happened before she got promoted and before she got kind of swept under the wing of her very successful family. And so we don't, we have very little to work with as to their relationship just before he went undercover. But the few scenes we do have is, like you said, very much him having very little confidence and feeling this desperation to live up to some expectation that she just does not have for him. And that that's a mismatch that's just not going to work. And it's really sad to say, because yeah, the happy ending that I wanted was just them to be together and to be happy again. But it sucks to to be like, don't worry, guys. You all saw this coming from a mile away. They were not going to be normal and happy again. Yep. Okay, yeah, I guess I did see it coming now that you say that. Hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> now that you mention it, that is exactly it, is that they, yeah, it was, they never indicated that there was going to be a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> I still wanted one, guys. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I guess if, like, they couldn't be happy together, it's not, I think it probably still would have on some level left a bad taste in my mouth um, to have, you know, her, maybe she does fall in love with Kichol and they make something work in some alternate universe or whatever, like however that could have played out that that was a thing. And, you know, flip side of that as well, he makes it work with BB. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But And, like, their relationship did seem actually – and that's kind of also what I really struggled with is as a person who loves romance, 
their relationship actually had emotionally probably a more solid foundation than his and Wee Jung's because she, there wasn't anything that he had to prove to her, really. Um, to Miss Lee? Yeah, to Miss Lee. Like, ah. uh, she, you know, from the get go was attracted to his loyalty and nobility or whatever. And then there was like that whole conversation a couple episodes ago uh, when they were all at dinner where she like, I don't know, she she was clearly like very impressed with him and um, like communicated that to Wee Jung. And it was all so awkward that I forgot to even like mention how like, I don't know, just like how solid their emotional foundation was even though it was kind of built on a misunderstanding of like who he or not a misunderstanding a lie of who he actually was um but at the end of the day it's like it wasn't like she was like i love you because you know you're a drug dealer or i love you because of these things it was like i'm falling in love with you because of all of these actual like character qualities that you're exhibiting and you don't have anything to prove to me. Like, I don't care if your dad is an addict or what, like, obviously that never came into play, but like, that wouldn't have been a thing for her and her, like, he would never have had to struggle under the pressure of like trying to live up to whatever standards her and her like family had because their standards work completely differently from like the, from Wee Chong's family. Anyway, like that's all speculation, but all to say like, in this alternate universe where, you know, Wee Jung and Ki Chol end up together and Miss Lee and Jun Mo end up together. I like I think it maybe would have left a bad taste in my mouth, but at least I could have kind of felt like there was something that came out of all of it that wasn't just sad and people dying and being broken apart and you know, the end of a marriage, the end of love, the end of like everything because nothing worked out for anyone yeah even Bei's line of you could have been anyone but a cop is like it shouldn't hurt as much as it does but you feel that betrayal where even though he and jimmo were not close there was this trust inherent in the gangnam union that was just like we were brothers even if i didn't like you we were brothers, and this is the only betrayal that you could have done that I would never forgive you for. Oh my god, oh, I feel like that's something that I took for granted watching this show with the the personal biases that I brought into it of wanting a happy ending, wanting people to walk away very okay and fine, <laughs> was I watched it being like, none of this is real. So Miss Lee and Junmo's relationship is not real because he's just lying. He's pretending. And Junmo and Gichol's relationship is not real because Junmo is just lying. He's pretending. Everything he does is a lie. And I think by the last episode, they did such a beautiful job of making it so clear that Junmo was real and authentic about almost all of it that he was struggling so hard to hold on to being a cop and his reasons for being there, but that he had fallen in love with all of these people and that he the, the emotions that he felt were real. And I was like, oh no, that hurts so much more. Yeah, like he built camaraderie with people. He built relationships with these people. And it was all, yeah, like 
under a guise, but it doesn't mean that he didn't invest some part of himself, a huge part of himself into it. And yeah, and then yeah, he just comes out of it broken. The person that he like invested all of that camaraderie, the main person he invested all of that camaraderie and was killed by him. Uh, despite every effort he made to not have to do that, to see Kichol get away, um, despite hating him for like falling in love with his wife and for, you know, all of the, all of the things that he could never actually communicate were happening. Yeah. It's just so bad. It's, it's all so bad. bad. <laughs> it's so sad. I, I guess like, Whenever we have kind of negative reviews like this, I pretty much always like to stop and let everyone know this is not a review of the quality of the show. It is us just kind of talking out our feelings on how it ended. The quality of the show is great, but I it was not <laughs> for me. It's a spectacular show for someone else. Yeah. I also was thinking a lot today about how bingeable this show is. Where it's really dark, so I think it'd be hard to sit down and watch all of it in a couple of days. But it feels like that might be a better way to do it. Like, spreading it out over six weeks was rough. Was a little bit like, this is too dark for too long. It's Christmas next week, man. Like, (laughs) I can't be watching this. Yeah, I do not- I did not feel like turning it on very often. Like, I- I think that's kind of a thing- um, especially with me when I'm overwhelmed, subscribe to our Patreon and listen to me complain about how overwhelmed I am right now. Um, but, uh, like whenever I'm in a state of overwhelm, I want to turn on something that feels warm, that doesn't like hurt my brain or my heart to watch because it's like, I'm already kind of shutting down. I'm going through burnout really, really bad. And so then it's like really hard to turn on something that I'm like, this is going to just burn me out worse. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really tough too, is like even turning on a show that, you know, that is just so dark. And then to have the payout of it all be so bleak is like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful, but I hate it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, if we're getting bleak but beautiful, I do have a lot of goodbyes that I want to touch on because I thought they did a spectacular job of send-offs with, especially with the people who died. Talked about Gichol, like, that's a good one. The most tragic of all. But I also love Chief So and Do Hyung, their face-off. Like, did I want an epic fight scene? Yes, and I'm sad we were deprived of it because the whole show is about epic fight scenes and these guys just get like a closed door. We have no idea what happens, but I get it. Actors have needs. Production staffs have needs. Like there are so many reasons why they may not have filmed a fight with these two. I just love that it was Chief So that killed Do Hyung because that's like two of our favorites fighting each other to the death. Like that's so good. Yeah, it's like they were the two loyal homies on I like they were like had the same position on yes! either side of this war, this yeah, this investigation, this everything and also they were kind of I don't know, they held similar places in Junmo's heart where it was like, you know, they were his 
his first friend, the person who looked out for him um, in the respective roles that he was playing and the, yeah, to have them be the ones that faced off. I was, uh, I did not know how to deal with Do Hyung. Like he, for a second, it felt like he was going to make it out. And I think it's oh so interesting God. how they played that out where it's like, you don't see him die. Uh, or rather, yeah, like you, the viewer, don't see him die, but neither does Jun Mo. And that's like an important aspect to how they keep him going is that he doesn't know that his friend has died as part of this. Like he wasn't able to save him because he goes to the hospital. So you almost think like, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Hospitals he got medical- can do anything. Yeah. It's the 90s. <laughs> it's the 90s. I'll just give him cocaine and call it good. <laughs> Take him to Dr. Romantic. <laughs> <laughs> do what you need to do. Just bring him back. Okay. Oh, and his empty funeral. Oh my God, my life has changed. Like that yeah. crushed me. Especially because he was the guy who was showing up all the time to people's shit. He was the one who showed up and ugh. they did him so dirty. They did him so dirty. They were like, not only is it going to hurt that this dude dies, we're going to make sure we hurt you all the way out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it does. It hurts so bad. <laughs> you did it. You hurt me. You did it. He wasn't even that great, but I loved him. So yeah, I was pissed at him through most of the series. <laughs> it was like literally the last ep- episode that we recorded that I was like, okay, Do Young was kind of a homie there. <laughs> and then they killed him and they made nobody come to his funeral. This all sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> and then, yeah, like you said, to have it be Chief Seal that... that Ugh, and I was so anxious because I didn't know who I wanted to come out of that. Right? Ah, All of them, obviously, but as friends. (laughs) (laughs) Holding hands, please. (laughs) Oh, and, okay, second favorite was Miss Lee's bodyguard, whose name? I don't know, but I loved their ending that he was like, this is what I... I've been here for. And she's like, oh, no. As much as like, because they had that relationship of like the teen girl and the bodyguard that he's been there forever and she's always been annoyed by his presence. And then but he he's, does the thing. He's probably been there more than her actual like parent. Oh, so much more. He's been there more than anybody. They know each other like the back of their hands. They are besties through and through. She was never annoyed by him. <laughs> oh, and then he he sacrifices himself for her. Oh my god. Like we don't know. He might be alive, but you know. Yeah. It seemed iffy. It seemed like a bad situation and they were acknowledging that like it, this is how this is probably going to play out. Their tearful goodbye got me tearful for sure. Yeah. Yeah, their tearful goodbye. I was really um, stoked about the death of the uh, oh about how God. she took out the um, the dirty cop. So good, like better than he deserved. So good. Yeah, yeah. Because I hated him. I love her. I love Miss Lee. Hate Moo. Mu- shoot, I can't think Kwan of his name. Mingu, I think. Mingu. Uh, 
wanted to see of all that's actually the one thing that they gave us that I really wanted from the show was that they took him out because I hated him. He was the best villain because he was the only villain that I could through and through despise. Fair. There's no other villains that didn't have some kind of like gray, like they could be on anyone's side, they could be part of any, you know, good or bad thing. Like he just, even if he was doing (laughs) something good, I think I might have still hated him. (laughs) Especially once you find out that he's dirty. It's like so many things compounded to make him awful and make him hateable. But there's always a part of you that's holding off being like, He's trying to do stuff in the name of justice. Like, I think once we got to the torture, it was like, ooh, can't write that off in the name of justice. But then especially they're like, no, he works for the gangs too. He's in their pockets. You're like, okay, (laughs) finally, I can actually just hate him. This is good. This is relief. Yeah. At long last, there's no part of him that I can, like, get behind him ever making a comeback here. He just sucks. He just sucks. And he's the one that gets to arrest Gichol as Gichol's ousted by his gang. Like, don't give him that. Hate him. So, yeah, he died. And Miss Lee killed him, and we love that for her. We love that for her. So good. Um, There was a moment when Gichol's getting ousted by his gang that Jungbae says to him, you don't know any of these boys' names and you don't know any of their dreams. And it a little bit made me switch teams, like, pretty quick. I was like, oh no, Jungbae's a way better leader. Ooh. Like, not fully, because I... Maybe, maybe this is the capitalist in me talking, just being like, I don't know, Gichol's city could host the barbecue joint that that one guy wants to own. And could still pay the bills for that one guy's sick dad. Like, he doesn't necessarily have to know all their dreams to know that they are all going to belong in the little freedom city that he's creating. Like, his dream is not to oust them all and put them on the streets. But it was pretty poignant when Jungbei was like, I know every person's name and all of their lives. Like... What are you even doing, Gichel? You're very up in your own head. It's like, oh, that hurts. That actually makes me think it's time to switch leadership. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough because Gichel does start off as that person, right? But it's yeah. more like for his own, you know, his own gang, his own people, very, very specifically. Um, and he was still always like that, but it took such a toll to watch his friend die at the very beginning that he kind of, like, I don't know, it's one of those, like, beginning of the end, but it's also the beginning of the beginning, which is interesting, where it's, like, from that point forward, he was never really the same, like, small-town guy that started off the, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna run this city for my people, mostly because he, like... Yeah, he got, like, so up in his own head over stuff like that, and then all of a sudden he was, like, connecting with this cop lady that he was really in love with, and, like, taking this cousin of his dead friend under his arm, but, like, to the detriment of his friends who were like, do not trust this dude. (laughs) (laughs) My right-hand dude? You mean him? (laughs) Yeah. Shut up. I love him. I always have. (laughs) 
<laughs> we love him, okay, boys? Like, um, we're not your boys. We are all equals here. Ooh, yeah, that that was a downfall. That was a big downfall, which I get. Like, I think we talked about his relationship with Wee Jung a lot, where he had this 500 Days of Summer image of her, and I think that propelled a lot of his growth. But like you said, it was also this loyalty to to the people that he came up with and the people that went to the same high school. Like that was a big theme of the show is that they stayed loyal to that high school. And I assume the like dropout kids, they were like, we'll take you under our wing. We'll take care of you. You will get a great life as a drug pusher. Woo. Like, it's <laughs> Don't not do dr- great. <laughs> Don't do the drugs, kids. It's like Just getting them killed. <laughs> <laughs> it's not great once they say it, but it sounded great when they were all a little brotherhood. But then mm-hmm. Wee Jung was real, and she was in front of him saying, like, what, what are we going to build together? What's the dream? And he's like, the dream is actually really close. We're going to build a city. I'm going to build you a city. And I think trying to achieve that in maybe a short period of time, not a good plan. None of it was a good plan. Could have gone longer. Could have waited until you were old. Could have not romanticized your first love. That's such a thing. That's such a thing. (laughs) That's such a thing that it even breaks into like gritty drug gang dramas of like my first love. (laughs) Oh no. <laughs> I'm out here so jaded where I'm like, first loves are not good. <laughs> There's like two people that I know that it was a good thing for and they married each other. So. <laughs> We're doing great. <laughs> We're going 12 years strong. But uh, yeah, I get it. I'm in the same like... It's more hypocritical of me because Jason was my first love. And now he's my husband. But I think K-dramas often hyperbolize the the feelings and turn it into like this desperation and this longing that clouds judgment, makes you do some uh, weird stuff. And I'm not into that, y'all. Mm-mm. Let's just be normal. Just be normal. And that's the reason that, like, first loves might be a little overhyped, right? Is because they're usually, like, kids being really irrational. And then all of a sudden, they're like, all right, their first love comes back into their life when they're 30. They become a kid again. They're really (laughs) irrational. They tear down their entire everything they've built so that they can be in love with this woman that they loved when they were teenager. Because she says she loves him now. And that's mm-hmm. cool, which she also didn't for a very long time. She was playing it very cool, very close to the chest. Yeah, just kind of showing up and yeah. shaking <laughs> things up. Ooh. What a show. Like, what? I guess just what? Just what? <laughs> Are we going to do a bonus episode on this? Or, because I'm so sorry, part of me never wants to talk about or think about this again. I don't really want to. The thing about us is that this is our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So we're just going to cruise right there. We're going to give the ratings right here, right now, and then never speak of this show again. 
Yeah, I feel like if there was an outcry, if everyone was like, give us another episode. But I honestly, I would be so surprised if our listeners wanted to hear us keep talking about this. Not again, not based on the quality of the show. But I feel like if they loved the show, listening to us just kind of rail <laughs> would <laughs> probably not be their favorite thing. Fair. I feel like our bonus episode would be the polar opposite, where we just talk about Weeha Jun and Ji Chung Wook fun facts. Oh like, constantly. <laughs> it would be, people would be so sick of us. They would be like, <laughs> we never want to hear you say the names Weeha Jun or Ji Chung Wook ever again. Ever again. Do not speak of them. <laughs> We're like, but we know everything about them. Yeah, we know what they had for lunch together on the third day of filming. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know? Like, you probably do, but I'm not. We don't need a whole episode on it. <laughs> yeah. Um. What do you want to rate the show? Wait one second. I have to think of a rating really quick in my head. Okay, I've got a number. I feel like it's wrong, but <laughs> I feel like it's wrong because I'm not being remotely objective about it. It's just kind of how I feel about it and how it where it struck with me. That's fair. I mean, that's where mine's at, which I think is inherent in ratings. Mine is a bad rating. It's 8.5. And I, I don't know if we're allowed to do decibel points. We have in the past. I, but we usually we, do like the average. We average out. You were so much more generous than I was. <laughs> I'm <was> a monster. <laughs> I was going to give it a 7. Whoa! Yeah. I'll bump it to a 7.5 so I don't feel so bad. So we can and average it to 8? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good average. I get it, though. I think I started out being like, it's a 7.5, it's an 8. And then, like you said, I just do that justifying, like you said in the middle of the episode, where I'm like, these are your feelings and they are bad. And here are more objective feelings where you know the acting was good, the directing was phenomenal, the storyline was incredible. So, like, bump those points up, and I kind of talked myself into a higher rating. You did great, because I straight up said, I'm going to give it a non-objective rating. I'm just going to give it <laughs> the, the how, score. <laughs> yeah, how much did Raquel enjoy watching this score? And yeah. then you actually, like talk to yourself into a higher rating by using like objectivity and i just said i will not <laughs> i mean maybe someday i'll remember to share our scores on a social platform but, and i feel like maybe someone will take that at face value oh, so yeah. i try and score higher because of that i think eight's pretty good with just read the caption guys the ca There's a lot of caveats that say, mm -hmm. like, we brought it down with our own energy and our own expectations. The show is probably a 10 out of 10 for a lot of people. Yeah. We just don't like violence and sadness and sad endings. Yeah. Yep. If you're going to make me cry, I want it to be done when, like, people come together and, um, like... Moments of triumph, like, is the kind of crying I like to do. Or moments of triumph but sorrow, where it's like, we came together and it was really beautiful, but and this person died for a reason and a cause, or whatever. Yeah, like self-sacrifice. Oh, fucking destroys me. 
but not this show. Senseless beating? I don't know, man. I don't like it. Not able to deal with it. (laughs) So, eight. That's pretty good. Let's hear what you guys have to say. Email us at blankampodcast at gmail.com with please nice things only. Thank you. Um, also, you can find our a bunch of stuff on our website, like affiliate links and episodes and just, you know, some stuff. Go check it out at playonk.com. There is also a link to our Patreon, or you can go directly to patreon.com slash playonk from our website i said that the most backwards way possible (laughs) just go to patreon search play on k you'll find us sign up you're not gonna regret it we have bonus content where we do little mini rambles before every episode we sometimes post episodes early if we're doing like two shows at a time we've got lots of fun stuff on there go check it out yeah uh we also uh, aside from Patreon, if you didn't want to subscribe, but you still want to support the pod, the best way to do that is to uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. It only takes a couple minutes, and it helps other K-Drama podcast listeners find us. You can find us on social media. You can find us, but do we use it? I don't know. Not very often. Instagram, at Podcast, On X, previously Twitter, at K. And on TikTok at playonk underscore Emily. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that is it. That's just about it. We did it. We did it. So join us next week. Um, well, I later this week, I think we'll have another episode, right? Um, Alchemy of Souls is still going. <laughs> yeah. So join us for an episode of Alchemy of Souls later this week. And then we're going to finish out Alchemy of Souls and then start a new K-drama, I think. I think that's the right timeline. I don't know. Our world. You're just living in it. (laughs) (laughs) K-bye. K-bye. Bye-bye.